Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis, solo here for the final hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Tuesday afternoon. Of course, you can catch the show live weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. If not, you could always check it out on demand anytime you want. You can follow me on Twitter, at Adam Ronis, on the gram at Aaron88, and it is May Badness here at Full-Time Fantasy. What is May Badness? Well... If you put your deposit down of $200 on your world championship team or teams, if you make that deposit by May 31st, which is coming up this week, you are entered into a drawing which will give away a free world championship entry, which is valued at $1,795. So uh, it is the 8th annual Fantasy Football World Championship. It will take place for the live events in Vegas at the Palms hotel out in Vegas, September, the first weekend of football season. You can also do it online if you can't make it, but it's so much better in person. But if you get your deposit in now, you'll be entered into that drawing. So head on over to playffwc.com. Make your $200 deposit, deposit, especially if you know for sure you're going to be in it. You might as well get in now and make sure that you're entered in that drawing. I know a lot of you do multiple leagues, so why not get one of them for free? So you don't even have to pick your draft day or time now. Just put the, the deposit down and get it done. So uh, Palms Resorts uh, definitely have a lot of renovations. So uh, looking forward to seeing it. I've been there the last two years. It's definitely one of the best events. And also, you know, the good thing about the World Championship is if you win your league, uh, you can win up to $10,000 as well. Uh, best record, most points. Uh, you have the opportunity to do that. You can't really say that in a lot of other contests. So that's one of the appealing things about it. So check it out now, playffwc.com. We got best bowl drafts as well. You know, they had one uh, last night. So they'll be occurring nightly. Got the online championship as well. There's slow drafts. Drafts you can do at once, different price points. So just pick out what is best for you. Uh, we have a draft and go best ball draft tonight, 28 rounds, 75 second clock, $99 to enter, 9 p.m. Eastern. The draft starts tonight, so you can hop in there now. Uh, Dynasty startup draft, so plenty of different ways that you can draft. And, of course, we'll keep you posted on our FF Champs two-quarterback draft uh, as well. Uh, we are almost near the end of round one. We talked to Fantasy Taz Jim Day, who created it in the first hour. If you missed it, you could always check it out on demand anytime you want. You could also check out all my work, fulltimefantasy.com. I have an article up now uh, looking at five players who either are off to good starts or bad starts and what you should do. Should you buy low? Should you sell? Is it going to continue? So there's several players there you can look at. Dr. Otto has his training camp look and questions facing the Chicago Bears. And uh, we got... Uh, the in-depth team outlooks from Sean Childs as he continues to go through the teams. 
his latest look is the Indianapolis Colts, which are a very interesting team for fantasy purposes. So you can check that out. And if you have any questions, you could ask them on the message boards and the forums. You know, spent a lot of baseball questions now. You know, pitchers to stream, uh, trades, waiver wire pickups, whatever it is. Ask those questions, and we will answer them for you. I'll have Frank Stample of FNTSY. He is going to join me in the next segment. We'll talk a lot of NBA with him as the NBA Finals are set, kicking off Thursday night as the Toronto Raptors host the Golden State Warriors. So we'll talk about that. But let's take a look at some of the latest baseball news. And not good news today for the Phillies and Od- Odubel Herrera. He was arrested last night and charged with domestic violence. So the alleged incident uh, had took place in New Jersey in Atlantic City with his 20-year-old girlfriend. And uh, the details are not pretty. So apparently, according to the reports, his girlfriend had visible signs of injury to her arms and neck that were sustained after being assaulted by uh, Herrera during the dispute. So uh, he's been placed on administrative leave by baseball following his arrest on Monday. And uh, his court date, uh, the first court date, is scheduled for June 17th. So he's eligible to return in seven days, but more than likely, baseball will extend that leave of absence. So we saw this with Julio Urias uh, earlier with the Dodgers. He is back with the team, but these details are, are kind of disturbing. So uh, really not much to say on that. Uh, Scott Kingery, I would think, would benefit. He was already seeing some time in center field. We know Kingery can play you know, all over the diamond. The problem is, you know, this year he wasn't going to get any time at shortstop with Gene Segura there. Uh, wasn't going to get much time at second base since they do like uh, uh, Hernandez a lot. Mikel Franco has struggled. That's where I thought maybe you would see Kingery. I wasn't sure how much they would use him in the outfield, but uh, we'll see if he uh, can get it done consistently in the outfield, especially center field, tough place to play. But Kingery's bat has been pretty good this year. Now, the strikeout-to-walk ratio is just terrible like it was last year, and he has been boosted by a 450 batting average on balls in play. But he's got two homers, two steals, is hitting 357. Uh, in the limited time we've seen him this year. So we'll get some opportunity. do think he's a, a solid pickup, but we haven't really seen major growth uh, in the skills yet. He is hitting the ball harder than last year, but it's not uh, an elite hard hit rate. But playing time is uh, what he's probably going to get, and it is a good Phillies lineup. So I do think there's definitely a, a boost in value there for Kingery right now. Uh, also, uh, Michael Pineda was placed on the injured list, and you know, he actually had a, a pretty good start yesterday. He allowed three runs over six innings, uh, but he has a knee issue, right knee tendonitis, and he had surgery for a torn meniscus last year, so uh, not great news. I don't think many people were counting on Pineda anyway outside of AL-only leagues, maybe some very deep mixed league. So the Twins have called up Devin Smeltzer, and uh, he's going to make his debut today against the Brewers, so they're going to push their other starters back, give them some rest. Uh, he was acquired in the Brian Dozier deal last year. He's 23 years old and had good numbers between AA and AAA this year. 54 and two-thirds innings, 1.15 a year, 48 strikeouts, 10 walks. So kind of want to see him pitch first. Uh, and, you know, obviously in, in a lot of leagues with Fab only on Sunday, uh, you'll have an opportunity to see him first. But uh, he'll get to start tonight uh, against the Brewers. It was a scare last night for uh, Jose LeClerc. You know, Jose LeClerc is someone that I've talked about, and I thought he would get his job back for Texas, and that's why I didn't go crazy on the Sean Kelly bids. There was Sean Kelly was available in a league or two this past week, and uh, one of the bids in one league that I was in was very high. And I do have Sean Kelly in one league. So it, this is where you run into a little bit of an issue when you play in multiple leagues, and it really 
comes down to, okay, which one is the higher dollar award? Uh, that's the way I look at it. I'm sure you guys do too. So I have Jose LeClerc in the NFBC Auction League, so it's a pretty high-dollar league there. So I-, I want LeClerc to get the job back there. And then I'm in another league where the entry fee is not as much. Now the payout is not as much where I do have Sean Kelly. So it's uh, kind of tricky there, but obviously I'd rather have LeClerc. But you know, I- at first I thought it was bad because – Apparently, he was not available on Sunday due to a shoulder issue. He comes in last night, allows a two-run homer, did get two outs and strikeout two, and he was pulled. And then they're just saying now that uh, cramping in both calves. You hope it's that if you're a Jose LeClerc owner and you're holding on, but certainly uh, not what you wanted to see last night as LeClerc was really starting to pitch better. And we did see uh, Sean uh, Kelly have a a blow-up the other day where he allowed two runs and blew a save, even though he has been pitching pretty well this year. Charlie Blackman was placed on the injured list yesterday with a right calf strain. The timing of this is awful. You know, I had mentioned, you know, for especially early in the year, the Rockies didn't play a lot of home games. They have 10 home games in a row. They're home all week, and a 10-game homestand is when Blackman is going to go on the injured list, and it really sucks because he was just picking it up. 333 batting average, 395 OBP, and a 731 slugging in May. With seven home runs. So he got off to the bad start. And I think some people started to think, okay, maybe the age is kicking in. Uh, But now he's eligible to return June 4th. And we don't even know if he's going to be ready then. So the good thing is, uh, if you paid attention right up until lineup lock yesterday, because it was Memorial Day and we had those early games, you were able to get Blackman out of your lineup in weekly leagues. Hopefully you did. Uh, If you were out at a barbecue or having fun, you might have missed it. But hopefully you... Set some time aside to set your daily, uh, your, your weekly lineup in fantasy baseball. But I was able to get Blackman out of the league that I have him in. So obviously, Ramel Tapia is going to benefit. And, you know, uh, he's been okay this year. He hasn't been great, but you're talking about uh, potentially the opportunity to lead off a lot of days. He did yesterday. And again, the home games this week at Coors Field, so just a big boost. I know we talked about the weather not being great, the temperature down there uh, for today. Tappy is hitting 279, five homers, 21 ribbies, 17 runs scored, one stolen base. He is striking out a lot, 28% strikeout rate, 6.4% walk rate. So the OBP is not that good. But again, uh, with the playing time and Homer Coors Field, you got to take advantage of that. He's just hitting a lot of ground balls and uh, not a lot of balls in the air. So either way, he gets a boost because he's going to get the playing time. Uh, bad news uh, with Luke Weaver, man. Luke Weaver, and this is why I always say, because I get some of these questions on the message board, like, hey, I'm pretty deep in pitching. I want to move this guy for a bat. And I go, you always think you're deep in pitching, and all it takes is one or two injuries, and all of a sudden things change. You know, Luke Weaver, not a big name, but he was someone that went late in drafts, and I liked him. And last year, I I didn't like him at all. And you're going to go, well, that's crazy. No, no, it comes down to price. That's what fantasy a lot of fantasy sports is about is, okay, what is the price? You know, there are definitely players we like, but we know that they gain, and you're going to see this in fantasy football over the next couple months. There'll be a guy that you like, and you're like, oh, he's a good value now. And then all of a sudden, he either has a great training camp, glowing reports and OTAs, or everyone's talking about him. And then all of a sudden, his ADP rises. And you go, you know what? That's all we're paying for him now. Now you're paying for the ceiling. I don't want him. And that's what happened with Weaver last year. You know, he had that stint in 2017 where he looked good. The strikeout rate was excellent. Walk rate was low. 
Now, the ERA was high at 3.88, but, you know, a lot of the underlying numbers said, you know, this guy's legit. It was 16 and third innings. He was 7-2. and two. So what happened last year? Started going in the fourth, fifth round. And it's like, wait a second. We're paying for the absolute ceiling of a guy who's only pitched less than 100 innings in the majors and his highest innings in a season was 60 and a third? Didn't make any sense. And not only did he disappoint, I mean, he sucked. I mean, it was bad. He was 7-11 with a 4.95 ERA, and I didn't think it would be that bad, but the price was just way too high. And what happened this year? Well, we know what that means. Anytime a player is coming off a bad year like that, he's going to go extremely later, and especially since he changed teams. And sometimes players just need a change of scenery, a different environment, a new pitching coach, someone to discover something. Whether it's it could be a slight thing, it could be mechanics, it could be a certain side of the rubber that you stand on. There's a lot of different things, but either way, we knew Weaver was talented, and it was a matter of okay, could he make adjustments in his new home? And he was cheap. He was 20th, 21st round, so I was able to get him uh, in the NFBC auction for cheap. And you know, he's really helped fill the void. You know, with Mike Clevenger and Luis Severino out, you get a guy like Weaver, and it's like, oh, okay, you're kind of saving me here, and. You know, he's throwing a cutter more this year, which has really helped. Uh, the changeup as well. You know, swinging strike percentage, 10.6% up from last year. So very good numbers so far. The strikeout rate at 26.8%, walk rate 5.5%, 1.11 whip, uh, 3.03 ERA. But he left Sunday's start with forearm tightness, and we know that's never a good thing. It's usually a precursor to something worse. Now, Tyler Glass now had the same issue, and they said it wasn't serious. But they just moved him to the 60-day injured list. So he's going to miss at least two months. So you can't feel good about this if you're a Weaver owner. He's 25 years old. And, uh, again, the MRI revealed a forearm strain. Uh, but it's just not good news right now for Weaver. Uh, this kind of was something that happened last year with Tywin Walker. They're like, yeah, he's okay. And then they found UCL damage, and he was done and had Tommy John surgery. And I'm not saying that's going to be the case for Weaver, but it's certainly a possibility. And, you know, fantasy owners are going to face a tough decision at the end of this week, especially if you have multiple injuries already. You know, you might have to cut him. Uh, we'll have to see because um, I think he might get um, – I don't know if they're going to have another test or what, but uh, I guess he's – yes, he's going to get a second opinion is what is going to happen. So we'll see what that second opinion is, but I don't think you feel great right now. Taylor Clark's going to be in the rotation he hasn't been getting a lot of strikeouts. He's got a 2.93 ERA so far for Arizona this season. And the guy to keep an eye on is John Duplantier. You know, they've shuffled him between the minors and the majors. It's five appearances out of the bullpen this year. He's got a 2.25 ERA, 12 strikeouts, five walks, and 12 innings. He's 24 years old. But you would think at some point that they give him a shot. So uh, we'll have to see if they do. Chris Bryant was out of the lineup yesterday. He's not expected to play today. He had a collision with Jason Hayward over the weekend. Uh, dealing with a little bit of a head injury. So we'll have to see if uh, he's back in the lineup. James Paxton will make his start for the Yankees on Wednesday. That's tomorrow. So, uh, you know, he said he still had some pain in the knees. It's a little bit concerning. Uh, and the Yankees are in such a good spot. I would think that they wouldn't rush him back, but I guess he's convinced them that he's good enough. Uh, and I think if you have him, you get him back in there. You know, I mentioned I didn't love Paxton before the year because of the injuries. I mean, you just look at the history, and he's never thrown more than 161 innings during a season. Uh, but, you know, we are we are in that era now where, hey, we'll take 160, 170. I don't want that for my fourth-round pick. I would hope to get 180, 190. 
but times have changed. And we'll see at the end of the year whether I'm right or wrong. He's a dynamic arm when he's on the mound. He's tremendous, but you know he's going to miss a, a lot of time there. Uh, Mitch Garver is headed to high A to begin a rehab assignment, and he could return this weekend. So that's huge news. And I've seen some teams in 15-team leagues just leave Mitch Garver in their lineup. They don't want to pick up another catcher, especially with no IL spots, put him in there and in there and suck. And it's not crazy, man. You know, it's something in the past I'll be like, no. But you know, a lot of those catchers you pick up off the waiver wire, you know, in his absence could give you nothing. So certainly not the craziest thing. Sean Armstrong pitched a scoreless inning yesterday for the Orioles as he got the save. Michael Givens was terrible last week. I mean, he just ruined your lineup if he was in last week. Look, there's not going to be many saved for the Orioles, but if you're really desperate, and I am desperate in a couple weeks, but I'm probably not going to do it, but I guess Sean Armstrong could get an opportunity there to get some saves for the Orioles who have major problems in that bullpen. When we return, I'll be joined by Frank Stample. We'll talk some NBA Finals. When we return, it is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports, and you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid. Open your new account and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Back here, it is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Adam Ronish. You can find me, fulltimefantasy.com. Latest article is a look at some players off to good or bad starts or whether you should believe in them or not. Maybe buy low, maybe sell. And also, Dr. Oda takes a look at the Chicago Bears training camp questions surrounding them before the season and in-depth team outlooks from Sean Childs, the latest look, the Indianapolis Colts. Check it out, fulltimefantasy.com. Joining me now, it is Frank Stample from FNTSY. Frank, what's up? Ronis, what's going on, buddy? How was your weekend? I wasn't great, man. I was ill. I was in bed most of the weekend, sick, so uh, 
could have been better. It was nice, nice weather here for the most part, but uh, not the Memorial Day weekend I wanted. How about you? Uh, it was pretty good. Lots of barbecues, uh, some drinking, watching some baseball. You can admit it to me, Ronis, and, and everyone else, that you were probably just sick because you were watching the Mets, right? Well, I don't know if that was the cause of it, but <laughs> it could. you know what? You're right because it was Friday when Syndergaard had that bad outing, and that's when I got sick Friday night, and I was in bed till Saturday evening, so maybe that is the cause. Good point. It's it's time to jump ship, Ronis. Come on. No, never. Look. You got to do I it, will man. Ne- really? Come on. Wait a second. I've been a Mets fan my entire life. Do you really think that what has happened this year is going to be the final straw to make me switch teams if I haven't already? If I've endured all of this pain and agony for years, why would I jump ship now? Come on, Ronis. Even with this pitching staff, they can't do anything really? Come on. Against the Tigers, Noah Syndergaard couldn't get it done. What's going on with that guy? Come on. I don't know, but I've mentioned this. I think right now it is very difficult to trade for pitching in fantasy baseball. Like, I have Hinjin Ryu in a couple leagues, and you would think, oh, yeah, get rid of him now. We know he's going to get hurt again. I can't trade the guy. Like, I truly believe in him, and maybe it's stupid, and we'll look back in a month and say you should have traded him at his high point. You know he's not throwing more than 130 innings. He's already spent one stint on the injured list, but he was good last year when he's healthy. I mean, you could probably get a lot for him now, but how many teams in fantasy baseball and competitive leagues have enough pitching to say, yeah, I can deal with you. I just think it's really difficult to deal pitchers right now. Oh, it absolutely is. And even harder is trying to acquire pitching because I've tried to make trades in, in two of my home leagues, which are head-to-head points. And traditionally, uh, points leagues tend to uh, skew more towards pitching. You, you obviously want more pitching on your team, but everybody wants pitching. And it just seems like that's the case in all leagues too. So, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, even trying to uh, even trying to acquire pitching and and buy pitchers on the cheap, like Syndergaard, for example, if you think he's a buy low candidate, you could try. But you know, when pe- people have this idea in their head that they use such a high round pick on a guy like Syndergaard or Carrasco or Max Scherzer, it's easy to say, yeah, buy low on those guys because we all think that they are much better than what they've done thus far. But you know, people use such high draft picks on pitching too that even if you wanted to try and buy low on some of those guys, it's really, really, really hard to do. So uh, I agree with you uh, with, with Hyunjin Ryu as well. Obviously, a guy that was uh, drafted much later than uh, those other pitchers that I mentioned. But I mean, even even if you tried to sell him because you were worried about the injuries, everybody has that in the back of their mind with Hyunjin Ryu anyway. So I don't think that you're going to get fair value. I'd probably just ride it out and and, and continue to reap all the rewards uh, from Ryu that I've that I've gotten all season. What would you do with Syndergaard? I I only have him in one league, and it's the league we're in together, the GST, and that's not a trading league, so obviously I'm holding on to him. But I do think you, I, I might buy low on him. I, you look at a lot of the underlying numbers, and it obviously says he should be better. I think a big problem is with two strikes, he doesn't put hitters away. He throws too many fastballs like down the middle with not much movement, and he's just not throwing his slider as much. That was something that was a really good pitch for him last year. The velocity is down on that slider. I thought maybe earlier in the year it was the weather because he talked about how the ball was slick and he couldn't get a good grip on it, but it was hot on Friday. So I don't know I don't know what it is because the velocity's fine. It just seems like there's some poor luck, especially on the home runs. He should be better. I mean, I think that's what most people are saying. Is there anything you see that, that says, yeah, he will be fine? Or do you say, you know what, I don't, I don't think he's going to figure this out? 
Yeah, it's been a really odd season for Syndergaard because, you know, the home runs per nine are up. Uh, he's allowing more hard contact this year, but still well below league average. I mean, 29% hard hit rate against him. That's not a bad mark at all. His underlying ERA estimators, uh, the XFIP, Sierra, both, you know, sub 3-7. And he's got a 4-9-3 ERA. So I think by all those measures, you would you would imagine that, you know, if he if he gets his ERA down to something like the, the mid to high threes that from here on out, um, you know, to lower that number, uh, his ERA from 4.93 to those numbers, he's going to pitch pretty well from here on out and still gives you over a strikeout per inning. Uh, the walks per nine are actually down this year too. So um, the command in terms of not walking batters has been good, but I do agree with you that in some of the games that I've watched with him this year, it just seems like he's leaving a few pitches just over the plate. And, you know, when you throw that hard, um, you're going to get prone to uh, getting hit hard at times as well if, if you don't locate those pitches correctly. And I do agree with you, the uh, the slider velocity is down like three, four miles per hour. So that's massive, but the underlying numbers are still really good to, uh, for Syndergaard to the point where uh, I, I would imagine he has to get better than this. It's, he's, a, he's a better pitcher than a 4.93 ERA, so it's just been a really, really weird start to the season for Syndergaard. He strikes me as this guy, Ronitz, who for the longest time, he's a thrower, not a pitcher, and I don't know what else it's going to take to help him develop because, I mean, a guy like Mickey Calloway comes over from the Cleveland Indians, and this is someone who helped so many pitchers develop in the Indian system, and then obviously, you know, what Jacob deGrom was able to do last year, I'm sure Calloway had some kind of influence over that. It's just so weird to me that he hasn't been able to help Syndergaard get to levels like that too. And that Tiger start was, it was just bad. Like, that's the start you go, okay, it's getting warmer. It's the Tigers, man. I mean, this lineup is pathetic. And the Mets kept giving him the lead back, and he kept giving it back. I mean, that was just an alarming start. Like, that is the start where you said, okay, this is where he'll turn it around. And he didn't. He was terrible. And it just seems like there's been too many starts like that. I, I watched his start against San Diego back in early May, too. And if you were watching that game, there was a lot of balls that were hit to the warning track, too, like line drive screamers. And that easily could have been worse than, you know, he allowed five runs, four earned runs. Uh, it, could have, it could have been worse than that. I was actually watching that start. So I think he's just a little bit too hittable at times. I think he's just got to he's got to find a way to either mix up his pitches differently, sequencing. He's got to do something different because whatever he's done to this point hasn't worked. So it's clear that he's got to start to do something else, whether it's using that slider more, changing up his pitches a little bit more, uh, different location with his fastball. Uh, but for whatever he's done so far this year, Ronis, I think we can all agree it hasn't worked. He's got to change something. Talking to Frank Stanfield from FNTSY. Let's talk some NBA right now as we get set for the NBA Finals. Before we move on to the matchup, uh, what were your thoughts on Milwaukee? They had a two games to none lead. They lost the last four to Toronto. They had the lead in game six of up to 15 points. Let it go. You know, I think one thing that maybe everyone, including myself, maybe we didn't look at enough is that Toronto actually had some Real playoff experience on that team. Kawhi Leonard's been an NBA Finals MVP. Uh, Danny Green's played in the Finals. Serge Ibaka's played uh, deep into the postseason. Milwaukee really didn't have that. And uh, they seem to implode a lot down the stretch in the, in the final few games. Yeah, that's a great point. And I thought, you know, we saw some warts here in Giannis's game. Um, you know, it, everyone just wanted to be excited about Giannis because he's 
the likely MVP, well, one of the top MVP candidates, and you know, for him to go this deep into the postseason, I, I think everyone was excited for it. But he was exposed here. I mean, let's let's call it for what it is. You know, forty four percent shooting from the field throughout the series. Meanwhile, he's a guy who you know routinely has been in the mid to high fifty percent percentage in terms of shooting. Um, you know, 22 points per game. I just felt like he came up small uh, throughout a lot of the series. And you look at the free throw shooting, too. We know that, you know, he's never been a great free throw shooter, but this is a guy who was taking 10 free throw attempts per game throughout the series, Ronis, and he shot 55% from the free throw line. That's not going to get the job done. So I think we were reminded of the things that Giannis has to work on. I think he was reminded as well. He's got to develop some kind of mid-range jumper. He's got to improve his free throw shooting. You know, not that he has to become a light-out three-point shooter by any means. He actually shot decent from uh, from beyond the arc throughout this series and throughout the postseason, better than I thought. But I think he was a little bit exposed here. And, and that goes to, you know, giving the Raptors credit, too, because they really, really defended him well. They have some pesky defenders on that team. Obviously, Kawhi Leonard, one of the best two-way players in the league, Pascal Siakam can uh, can chip in and play some defense. Marcus Ole is a good rim protector. Uh, I think the main word that you brought up there was experience. And even Marcus Ole, he's never a guy that's gone deep into the postseason, but he has playoff experience. And I know this is something we talk about a lot, Ronis, when we talk about these star players who they can't they can't face things when it's not going their way, right? So I, you probably saw the uh, the post game press conference with Giannis where he just walks out. I mean, what, what is he doing there? What does he have to prove? What is, like, this whole generation of basketball and in general, right? It's like someone asks you a question you don't like. You give them one-word answers or you just get up and leave. It was a fair question. What, what are we talking about right now when it's, when it's uh, revolved around Giannis and the Bucks? is experience. The reporter asked him about experience and then how the lack of that played into the series, and he gets up and walked out. I'm tired of this he stuff, was, Come on, man. He was up – the reason why, and I just saw this yesterday – is he was upset with her because she wrote something about his future in Milwaukee. Like, went back to a tweet from, I think, 2014 where he said, you know, I'll always play for Milwaukee. I want to build something here. And obviously his future, I think the article was something about his future, that if Milwaukee makes a strong run in the finals of 2020, it could determine his future. So, you know, should he have got up and left? No. I will also say, though, These guys are in a real tough spot. You know, you just lost in the conference finals where you were favored and you had the most wins. And I know it's part of their job, but, man, it would be really difficult for me to sit there after a loss. I'm not even a professional athlete. I'm just very competitive. But could you imagine these guys and how competitive they are and they're getting paid big money for this? And you just lost a game like that where you had the lead and you got to sit there and answer questions. And, again, it's part of the job. You have to understand that. Facing the media, it comes with the endorsements, the commercials, and all the money. But I will say, you know, after, you know, 10, 15 minutes after a game like that, I probably wouldn't want to be in the mood to answer those questions either. I hear you on that, and I'm I'm super competitive as well. Um, no, you're not. Yes, I am. Come on. Come on. <laughs> well, maybe not in the great fantasy baseball invitation, but we'll <laughs> well, see. Well, it's all right. My, <laughs> we'll my team's slipping there time. a little bit. I'm still near near the top, but, man, uh, I knew my team was overachieving early. But <laughs> You know, uh, we're, we're really competitive, obviously. That's why we play fantasy. You know, I, I you know, still try and play other sports uh, on the weekends and stuff and so on. You know, you play softball. We played softball together. I, I get it. Like, we're all really competitive, but – I mean, especially the star player, you almost have to lead by example for your team. You know, Chris Middleton stood there and he was answering questions. And, you know, part of the reason 
why they lost the series as much as Giannis did was because of his play. So, I mean, he's got to stand up there and, you know, he's got to answer questions. I understand it's it's going to be frustrating at times and, you know, you might not want to do it, but, I mean, people have to do things all the time that they don't want to do. And, and you know, that's not just for an NBA player. I mean, that's like all walks of life. life. So I just think it's, you know, it's a bad example for, you know, other NBA players and, and you know, other, you know, younger basketball players who look up to these athletes that, you know, this is how I can react, right? When someone's questioning you and holding you accountable, that you could just get up and walk out and, and kind of walk away from when you're supposed to face these things. So I just thought it was a really bad look for him. I didn't really expect that from him, to be honest, either. I thought, you know, based on the way he's handled himself in the past, that, you know, he was different than some of these other guys. But, you know, this is when you get to see the, their real true identities is when they're in the face of adversity. I didn't really like what I saw from Giannis there. Yeah, we've seen you, and you fold in adversity. So you oh, would stop. know. Come on, Ronan. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> Does Toronto have a chance in this series to win it? I mean, the game one, I think the last I saw, it's a pick em. Now it's only game one, but the series, Golden State, still heavily favored. Do you think Toronto has a shot to win this series? I do. I do think that they have a shot because, uh, because of the way that they play defense. And we just saw that against the Milwaukee Bucks. They were able to go on an epic run there, obviously, and win those four straight games. But uh, if you look at this series, and Golden State could play a little bit of defense too. I don't want to just paint it as offense versus defense. But you know, Golden State is the top scoring team in the postseason, and the Raptors have the second best defense in terms of points allowed in the series. So I, I think that you know it is a classic offense versus defense. But obviously, Draymond and Clay they could play a little bit of defense as well, but uh, I think the series goes six or seven games. I think we're in for a good one here, um, and I do think that they have a chance, but ultimately, you know, if I had to give my prediction, I'm, I'm going to stick with the chalk here. I think Golden State pulls it out. Do they need Kevin Durant to win this series? It looks like he, he he's already been ruled out game one. He might travel to Toronto. There's a chance he could play game two. Do they need Kevin Durant to win this series? I don't think so. I, I mean, this is the same core that we saw, you know, win 73 games together. Draymond, Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, the Splash Bros. Uh, they're not as deep as they were before, but Andre Iguodala showed you, especially, you know, in that final game, that final possession against Damian Lillard, that he could still play defense when you need him most. I think that he can make life somewhat difficult for Kawhi Leonard. I, you know, there's no completely stopping Kawhi Leonard, but uh, I do think that, you know, um, he can obviously help them and what Draymond's been able to do. I mean, what Draymond did in this past series against Portland was just unreal. I mean, two triple doubles, almost 17 points a game, 12 rebounds, almost three blocks, over two steals. I mean, I mean, he's just playing at a different level. So if you have him playing that way and then obviously uh, Clay and Steph Curry shooting the way that they've been shooting, I don't think that they need Draymond Green, um, but... Obviously, having him, uh, they don't need Kevin Durant, but I think obviously happy, having him would help them, you know. But do they need him? I don't think so. I think we know, since we follow basketball, how good Kawhi Leonard is. I mean, it's pretty obvious, but I think maybe the casual NBA fan kind of realized it, especially in this series. But do you think there's a shot he goes back to Toronto, even if they lose this series? <sighs> Man, it's so tough because... If you look at it, if he wants to win, I think being in Toronto and in the East is actually a pretty good look for him because they have a they have a really good core. And even if Marcus Hull is only around for one more year, you know Pascal Siakam. I mean, there's a chance that he only gets better in the future too. And they have some other young pieces there. 
I don't think it's the cra- I don't think it's crazy. I-, I think that they have a chance to retain him, a pretty good one too. Especially if he's all about winning. That's what it comes down to. If he wants to just be comfortable, you know, he's from the West Coast, he's from California. If that's what he wants, if he wants comfort, then I think you know, going to the Clippers or the Lakers, you know, that might make a lot of sense for for Kawhi Leonard. But in terms of winning. I think he's got a pretty good shot in the Easter Conference if he sticks around there. And, and obviously the Raptors can offer him you know, one more year than everyone else because they've already had him on the roster. Um, so in terms of max contracts, you know, they can offer him something that other teams can't. And, and he actually has a pretty good chance to win while he's in Toronto. So I, I do think that if that's what he cares about, then the Raptors have a pretty good chance of retaining him. I've had a nice year in NBA sports betting, but I've been cold lately. Uh, game one, uh, if it's a pick who are you taking? I'm going to take uh, Golden State in game one. I think they, they split there in Toronto, uh, and then they go back to Golden State. They win two there. I, I think the the Warriors end up ultimately winning this in six when they're in Oakland back in Golden State. Oh, that's my prediction too. And then they finish that arena in a championship last year in that arena, so they come back game six, win there. So we're in agreement on that. Which is probably not a good thing, right, Ronis? Uh, I don't know. I mean – are you are you rooting for Toronto to see a new team win? No, or? I actually really really dislike Drake, so I want Golden State to win. Oh, I hate Drake too. That's <laughs> not why I'm rooting against him. But uh, I, I got when DraftKings did that special plus five fourteen Golden State to win the championship. I put some money down, so that's why I'm rooting for Golden State. Well, there All you right, Frank, always always good talking. We'll talk again soon. That is Frank Stample, FNTS. So I will come back looking at lineups for tonight. The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Lose weight now. Go to fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's fat100.com. Are you single? Everyone single is looking for the best date possible. Well, I found one website that can find you the best date, and it's called TheBestDate100.com. Just go there and log in for your free trial and see if you can find your new and maybe last best date. Remember, you can find the best date of your life at TheBestDate100.com. That's TheBestDate100.com. One more time, TheBestDate100.com. Let DailyRoto.com guide you to victory as you swing for the fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball. Become the eighth Daily Roto lineup optimizer to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament or become part of the growing community who have won thousands of dollars. If you're playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount. The 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. It is full-time fantasy. 
here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Tuesday afternoon. Don't forget, May Madness is almost over. You got until May 31st. Put down your $200 deposit towards a world championship team, and you'll be entered into a drawing where the winner gets a free entry into the Fantasy Football World Championship which is valued at $1,795. So head on over, play FFWC, get your $200 deposit in there today, and join a draft as well. We got a draft and go best ball draft tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern, $99 to enter, 28 rounds, 75 second clock. So no waiver wire ads, setting lineups or nothing. Just draft your team and let the computer optimize your best lineup for you each week, and you can win money in the process. There's also online championship slow drafts, dynasty startups. Plenty of different formats, different price points, drafts all at once, drafts with clocks from one hour to four hours, six hours, whatever you want. So you go there, you see what you like, you enter it, and you become a champion. So check it out today, playffwc.com. Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at Vandal.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports, and you're in control. Go to Vandal.com slash grid, open your new account, and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. Got a full slate of baseball going on tonight. No afternoon baseball here on a Tuesday afternoon, which for me sucks. I like afternoon baseball, but we do have uh, some potential weather issues tonight as well. Uh, so you're going to have to pay attention to the last minute. Also, uh, some news here is Joey Votto is out of the lineup today. He's dealing with a little bit of a hamstring issue. Uh, they're saying that it's not serious, and he could be back in the lineup tomorrow. So just when Votto's starting to hit, you have this issue going on right now. Also, the uh, Phillies have recalled Nick Williams from AAA, uh, obviously with the Odebell Herrera news, and uh, Nick Pavetta obviously officially brought up because he will start tonight. Andrew Benatendi also out of the lineup tonight for the Red Sox. He has really been slumping lately. They've moved him out of the leadoff spot at times. Uh, and it just hasn't gotten going. And Mitch Moreland also out of the lineup tonight for the Red Sox with a knee injury. So I'm sure we'll get more news here uh, in the next few hours as you get set to uh, put your lineups in. But you can always head on over to fulltimefantasy.com slash DFS. They have write-ups for the slate tonight. There's an optimizer to help you out. And, of course, the Slack chat leading up to lineup lock. So make sure you check it out. And remember tonight... White Sox-Royals, they're going to continue a game from yesterday. It was 1-1 uh, in the fifth inning, and it was postponed due to the rain. So they're going to pick it up and complete it today. They're going to start that game at 5.40 p.m. Eastern. Then they're going to play the game from tonight. DraftKings has already said they will not include that game. FanDuel has said if the game starts before 8.10 p.m. Eastern, uh, all players who are in lineups will get a zero. If it's after 8 10, 8, 10 p.m. or after, it will be included. So if you are playing on Fandle tonight, uh, it's going to be very tricky because uh, lineup block is uh, – uh, oh, actually, it's early tonight. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> it's going to be tricky to use any of those guys, and Lucas Giolito would be in consideration. So the only way you would do it is if you're playing a ton of lineups and you know you want to get low ownership, 
Otherwise, you're really just uh, rolling the dice, and you definitely can't use them in cash games. All right, let's take a look at the lineups for tonight. Uh, Padres are in New York, take on the Yankees. Eric Lauer against Masahiro Tanaka. And it's chance of scattered rain throughout the night. It's It, it looks a little bit better now than it was before. Uh, I think they'll get the game in. You might see some delays. Uh, the latest forecast that I'm looking at here shows um, – 30% chance at 6 p.m., 60% chance at 7, 40% at 8, 30% at 9, 30% at 10. So there's a good chance that they get this in. They might have to play through some rain. But uh, based on that forecast, I think they do play. For the Padres, Greg Garcia leads it off playing second base. Fran Mil Reyes is back in the lineup. He's the DH. Missed a couple games with some shoulder uh, issues over the weekend. Manny Machado's at shortstop hitting third. Eric Hosmer's at first base hitting cleanup. He's been really good lately, too. He's been coming on. Hunter Renfro had some big games over the weekend. Now, not a great OBP, not great average, but the power is there, uh, and especially with the being in an American League park with the DH, they can afford to have him in the lineup. So he's in left field hitting fifth. Will Myers in center field hitting sixth. Josh Naylor in right field batting seventh. Now, going to be interesting to see what the Padres do with him. We knew he'd be up since the Padres have uh, two series in American League Park, so that's why they brought him up. Uh, and, you know, they have a crowded outfield, so a good chance he could be sent down and maybe brought back up later in the year, and that's part of the reason why really didn't spend on him in fab over the weekend. Ty France is at third base, hitting eighth, and Austin Hedges is the catcher, batting ninth. For the Yankees, D.J. LeMahieu leads it off playing third base. Luke Voigt's at first base, hitting second. Aaron Hicks in center field, batting third. Gary Sanchez was another home run yesterday, his 16th of the year. And, you know, I did have an opportunity in one draft to get him in the fifth, sixth round and uh, decided to pass on it. I just don't pay up for catchers. And I knew Sanchez could have a 30-homer season, and he's well on his way to that and already spent some time on the injury list. Uh, you know, and it's, it's gonna, it looks like it's going to work out for people. It's just it's hard for me to pay for a catcher, you know, especially – since what's the max Sanchez is going to play 140 games. I know he could DH at times, but you know, he already has the stint on the injury list could be another one. So it's just real difficult for me to pay up for catchers, but it's definitely working out. Glaber Torres at shortstop batting fifth. Kendrys Morales is the DH hitting sixth. Clint Frazier, who's broken out of his slump. He's in right field hitting seventh. Thyro Estrada at second base hitting eighth and Brett Gardner in left field batting ninth is a, uh, he homered again yesterday, and Gardner's a guy who keeps saying, all right, it's time to get him out of my lineup. I'm going to cut him in 15-team leagues, and he's still in there. Whether Part of it is he's playing every day, and he has been better lately, and also I've had some injuries, uh, but I have him going in two 15-team leagues right now. Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, as well as our uh, GDD league here with a lot of local people and people in the industry here in New York. The Pirates are in Cincinnati. It'll be Jordan Lyles against Lucas Sims for the Reds. As I mentioned, no Joey Votto in the lineup today dealing with a hamstring issue. Nick Senzel leads it off playing center field. Jesse Winkers in left field hitting second. Eugenio Suarez at third base hitting third. Derek Dietrichs at first base hitting cleanup. He homered again yesterday. Yasiel Puig's in right field hitting fifth. And Puig is a guy I like a lot. You know, I mentioned two weeks ago he was a buy low. He's really starting to pick it up. It's getting warm. Uh, this lineup's starting to... Get better offensively. Uh, that home park, uh, he's going he's gonna to have a strong finish of the season. Jose Iglesias at shortstop hitting sixth. He had a grand slam yesterday. He, uh, he's playing well. You know, I actually picked him up a couple weeks ago in a 15-team league, and, you know, he's been in the lineup the last couple weeks, and uh, he's, they, they, they like him, it seems. He's playing shortstop every day, and uh, 
he's been hitting. And it's a good park, good lineup. So uh, going with him in a 15-team league. Tucker Barnhart, the catcher, hitting seventh. Jose Peraza is the second base, hitting eighth. And I wrote a little bit about Jose Peraza today. You can check that out on fulltimefantasy.com. And Lucas Sims on the mound, batting ninth. The Cardinals in Philadelphia, it'll be Adam Wainwright against Nick Pavetta. For the Cardinals, Dexter Fowler leads it off in right field. You know, he's been, he's been playing pretty well this year. Uh, I know a lot of people wanted him out of the lineup, uh, but he, he's been doing pretty well. And uh, I think I have him in, I think, one 15-team league. I, I thought I had two. I might have dropped him in one. I, I can't remember now, but I do have him going in 15-team leagues. Paul Goldschmidt's at first base batting second. Paul DeYoung. At shortstop, hitting third. Marcelo Zuna's in left field, hitting cleanup. Matt Carpenter, he's been moved out of that leadoff spot last few games. He's hitting fifth at third base. Yadier Molina's at catcher, hitting sixth. Colton Wong at second base, hitting seventh. Harrison Bader's in center field, hitting eighth. And Adam Wainwright on the mound, batting ninth. Jose Martinez hasn't been starting much lately. You know, he has been slumping a lot. Uh, he got that opportunity. He was playing every day in right field. Not much power. He was hitting for average, but he cooled off and... You know, that's one of the problems here with this outfield is, you know, you don't hit, you're probably not going to be in there. So uh, it was a nice hey, – Jose Martinez could get back in there. There could be some injuries. Fowler could slump. So he's worth holding on to. But it's going to be tough to start him this week. And uh, in one of my 15-team leagues, I took him out of the lineup for the week. And uh, I do have him in a 12 as well. I have to see if I have any options there to replace him. But it's going to be tough to start him this week because uh, it looks like he's not going to be playing every day going forward. For the Phillies, Andrew McCutcheon will be in center field tonight, leading off. Gene Segura is at shortstop, hitting second. Bryce Harper in right field, hitting third. Reese Hoskins starting to heat up. He's at first base, hitting cleanup. JT Romito, the catcher, hitting fifth. Cesar Hernandez at second base, hitting sixth. So we do see Scott Kingery at third base. I mentioned earlier how I thought maybe Mikel Franco might lose some playing time with Kingery, and then with Odubel Herrera being placed on the restricted list that uh, we maybe see Kingery more in the outfield, but... They do use Kingery at third base tonight uh, in the lineup with Franco slumping. Nick Williams, who was just called up, he's in left field batting eighth. So maybe we do see some more playing time for Nick Williams. Uh, they'll probably rotate. I think you'll see Williams, Kingery, and Franco kind of all rotate. And whoever gets hot, obviously, will get more at-bats. And Nick Pavetta, back up from the minor leagues. He'll be on the mound for the Phillies tonight. Detroit's in Baltimore. Matt Boyd against Dylan Bundy. Nico Goodrum leads it off playing second base. Kristen Stewart in left field hitting second. Nicholas Castellanos, he's heating up. He's in right field batting third. Miguel Cabrera is at first base hitting cleanup. I wrote about him today too on fulltimefantasy.com. Brandon Dixon, the DH, hitting fifth. Heimer Candelario at third base hitting sixth. Oh, okay, I didn't see that, so I guess they called him back up. Uh, figured he wouldn't be down there long, but Candelario gets the call back up. He's hitting sixth. Gordon Beckham at shortstop batting seventh. Grayson Griner is the catcher hitting eighth. And Jacoby Jones in center field batting ninth. For the Orioles, Hanser Alberto leading off at third base. Jonathan Villars at second base, hitting second. Trey Mancini at first, hitting third. Renato Nunez, he's been on fire. He's the DH hitting cleanup. I had him in a great fantasy baseball invitational. I dropped him two weeks ago. I drop him, and he goes off. He must have hit, like, I don't know, five home runs last week. Another home run yesterday. He's very streaky. And, you know, I had him in the lineup for the power early in the year, but that's the reason why I drafted him. I thought he was going to get playing time in Baltimore. It could hit 25, 30 home runs. Uh, got a little impatient with the slump, and uh, someone picked him up this past week. But uh, obviously, he is heating up right now uh, and on fire. Pedro Severino is the catcher hitting fifth. DJ Stewart was just called up. Uh, he will hit sixth and play right field. Keon Broxton in center field hitting seventh. 
Stevie Wilkerson in left field hitting eighth, and Richie Martin is the shortstop hitting ninth. The Giants in Miami. It'll be Jeff Sabarge against Trevor Richards. For the Giants, Joe Panic at second base leading off. Mike Yuskremski in left field hitting second. Buster Posey is the catcher hitting third. Brandon Belts at first base hitting cleanup. Evan Longoria at third base hitting fifth. Kevin Pilar's in right field hitting sixth. Brandon Crawford, the shortstop, hitting seventh. Steven Duger in center field, hitting eighth. And Jeff Samarjo on the mound, batting ninth. For the Marlins, Curtis Granderson leading it off, playing left field. Garrett Cooper's in right field, hitting second. Brian Anderson at third base, hitting third. Neil Walker is the first baseman, hitting cleanup. Starlin Castro at second base, hitting fifth. Harold Ramirez in center field, hitting sixth. Jorge Alfaro, the catcher, hitting seventh. Miguel Rojas is the shortstop hitting eighth, and Trevor Richards on the mound batting ninth. The Indians will take on the Red Sox. David Price on the mound. He left the game early a couple of days ago with flu-like symptoms. Uh, He is fine and will be back out there tonight. Mookie Betts in the leadoff spot tonight playing right field. Raphael Devers moved up to the two spot. He's at third base hitting second. Xander Bogarts at shortstop hitting third. J.D. Martinez with two home runs yesterday, one was aided by Oscar Mercado. If you didn't see it, Mercado went back uh, to the right field wall. The ball hit off the top of the short fence and then went off the arm of Mercado and over the wall. So it would have been in play, uh, but it went off Mercado's arm and then into the bullpen for a home run. Martinez hit two. Michael Chavis at second base hitting fifth. Brock Holt in left field hitting sixth. Steve Pierce at first base hitting seventh. Bradley in center field hitting eighth. And Christian Vasquez, the catcher, hitting ninth. The Blue Jays in Tampa Bay. And it'll be Clayton Richard against Ryan Stanek, the opener. And then we'll see Ryan Yarborough, who's picked up in a lot of leagues this past week. And I thought it was a good pickup. We saw what he did last year. Just had, had like one bad outing that inflated his numbers, but he was good his last start. For the Rays, Avisail Garcia is the DH leading off. Tommy Pham's in the left field, hitting second. Austin Meadows on fire right now. He's in right field, hitting third. Willie Adamas is the cleanup hitter at shortstop. Travis Darno, the catcher, hitting fifth. Daniel Robertson at third base, hitting sixth. G-Man Choi at first base, hitting seventh. Guillermo Heredia in center field, hitting eighth. And Andrew Velasquez at second base, hitting ninth. Brandon Lau out of the lineup tonight, as is Kevin Kiermeyer against the lefty. The Nationals in Atlanta. Steven Strasburg against Max Reed. Trey Turner leading it off, playing short. Adam Eaton's in right field, hitting second. Anthony Rendon, the third baseman, hitting third. Howie Kendrick at first base, hitting cleanup. Juan Soto in left field, hitting fifth. Kurt Suzuki, the catcher, hitting sixth. Brian Dozier at second base, hitting seventh. Victor Robles in center field, hitting eighth. And Steven Strasburg on the mound, hitting ninth. For the Braves, Ronald Acuna is in center field, leading off. Dansby Swanson at shortstop, hitting second. Freddie Freeman at first base, hitting third. Josh Donaldson is the third baseman, hitting cleanup. Nick Markakis in right field, batting fifth. Austin Riley is in left field, hitting sixth. Brian McCann is the catcher, hitting seventh. Ozzie Albies dropped to the eighth spot in the order where he's been hitting recently. Kind of hurts his value and freed on the mound, hitting ninth. The Brewers in Minnesota, Zach Davis against uh, Smelter getting the start as they push back a couple of their starters. Max Kepler's in right field, leading it off. Jorge Polanco's at shortstop, hitting second. C.J. Crone, the DH, hitting third. Eddie Rosario in left field, hitting cleanup. Miguel Sandoz at third base, hitting fifth. Marwin Gonzalez at first base, hitting sixth. Jonathan Scope at second base, hitting seventh. Jason Castro, the catcher, hitting eighth. And Byron Buxton in center field, hitting ninth. The Cubs in Houston. John Lester against Corbin Martin for the Cubs. 
No Chris Bryant once again. Kyle Schwarber leads it off playing left field. Javier Baez, who had 13 swings and misses yesterday. He's the DH hitting second. Anthony Rizzo's at first base hitting third. Wilson Contreras at catcher hitting cleanup. Albert Almora in center field hitting fifth. Jason Hayward in right field hitting sixth. Addison Russell at shortstop hitting seventh. Daniel Descalso at second base hitting eighth. David Bode is at third base batting ninth uh, for the Cubs today. So we'll have to wait and see when uh, Chris Bryant returns uh, as he had that collision over the weekend. And, uh, you know, people have to make a tough decision on him on what to do and whether to start him this week or not. Uh, And so far we haven't seen him in the lineup. Uh, Other games tonight, uh, after they complete that suspended game, it'll be the Royals and White Sox. Uh, scheduled for 8:10 p.m. Eastern, it'll be Brad Keller against Lucas Giolito, who's had a tremendous year so far. And you can uh, read about Lucas Giolito. I wrote about him today as well at FullTimeFantasy.com. Also, we got the Diamondbacks in Colorado, Merrill Kelly against Antonio Sensatella. So a lot of people are going to want to load up on bats, even though the weather is a little cool there. The Angels in Oakland, it'll be Trevor Cahill against Frankie Montas. The Mets in L.A. to take on the Dodgers. Steven Matz against Rich Hill. Texas in Seattle, Jesse Chavez. Uh, I think he's the opener. Then Adrian Sampson will come in against Marco Gonzalez. So that's the slate for tonight. Also tonight, get ready to draft. Head on over to playffwc.com as we got a draft and go tonight. $99 to enter. 28-round best ball draft. 75-second clock. It kicks off at 9 p.m. Eastern. And get your $200 deposit in for May Badness for the World Championships and enter into a drawing. The winner gets a free entry valued at $1,795. That wraps it up. We'll be back Wednesday, 2 p.m. Eastern here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.